is faster than the speed of sound At an early age you wanted to get out To pursue adventures all around Things got tough sometimes But it's all good cause Tales is his best friend He's always there for him His head's like kick Bad and good times over and over again What to see is what to get Just a guide around adventures It's on the hedgehog Hey everyone, welcome back to the IDW Sonic Rundown. We have got an interesting show. What, what does the world look like instantly post-metal virus? What happened? To our friend Dr. Starline. Because last time we saw him, I think he should be taking some medicine, in my personal opinion. Uh, yeah, he needs those copium pills real bad. <laughs> now, as I mentioned, the first issue that we're going to be looking on is the second miniseries of IDW Sonic Bad Guys. Which focuses on Dr. Starline, among some other villains. And it is written by Ian Flynn and art by Jack Lawrence. So, if you remember from last time, yes, it is still the case. Ian Flynn did leave his status as head writer of the Sonic comics. However, he sticks around a little bit. Writes the miniseries, writes some occasional stories, writes some issues here and there. It is a lot more of a collaborative process, the general direction of IAW Sonic. But from what I understand, it's kind of more Evan Stanley's call. So this is something that's very important to keep in mind going forward. As you know, we kind of talked about it um, a little bit last at the end of the last episode. But yes, this is now Evan's come, which means that we may see some shifts and some ideas present that we probably may have not seen from Ian before. However, it is important to note, Evan is a protege of Ian. So while they may not be the same, there are a lot of similarities in their writing and general feel for Sonic and the greater world around him. So I really like Evan's work. I think the stuff that she does in IDW, especially as we start to move towards it, is some, uh, some very, very, very interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, and listen, Evan Stanley, fellow silver enjoyer, I dare I ask the question, maybe, maybe we could see some of, uh, maybe some we could see of Silver's time if Sega wants us to, to do that. I mean, hey, it's just a thought, just a thought, just a thought. Let's, uh, let's hope, but we will get to that when we can. We will start with Sonic the Hedgehog, Bad Guys, Issue 1. We open on Egg Base Sigma. Starline is there, thinks of it as a modest industrial site by Eggman Empire standards, but it should be enough for his plans. So he's seen sneaking around some egg ponds on patrol and tries to get in with his personal login. Doesn't think Eggman will boot him from his systems, but uh... Wow, what a shocker. He did, and an alarm's triggered. So, here we see the first of Starline's many L's. Yeah, this guy is going to be taking quite a lot of them in this uh, miniseries. So, uh, you know, keep keep your tally at home, kids. Some motobugs begin to ambush Starline, tries to warp away, but forgets the warp Topaz was taken from him. and will force a habit. So, he decides to field test a new weapon, the multi-tool heel spurs, which plays on the fact that he's a platypus, kind of sticks out from his boot, 
and it starts up in electric mode, does a heel sweep, and it short circuits the motorbugs. Pretty cool little thing, in my opinion. Yeah, Starline's kit is kind of interesting in what he is able to do, but we'll we'll see a little bit more of it later on. We didn't really get a full breadth of it because, you know, he was mostly relying on the warp topaz. He says it's not the best field test. Not the best time to, to stress test them either. And as Lancers are coming in from behind, he runs. He thinks himself as sloppy as assuming his codes would still work. He's hiding behind some pipes, and he thinks to himself that this is the kind of unearned arrogance is what undermines Eggman. I must be better than my idol. But first, solving the problem at hand. Gotta escape and avoid fighting as much as possible. We eventually move. Starline heads back to his own base and updates his progress log. And thus, he's hit a roadblock. I was able to gain and repurpose old Eggman tech, but this facility doesn't have the resources to properly utilize them. His current... Long-term plans are going to be on hold until he can get the necessary tools. Long-term plan. You got to think about that. I want you to I want you to always keep that in the back of your head. It's uh very very important. This whole mini series inadvertently set up a lot of this next major saga. The saga like we've been referring to the last one as the Metal Virus Saga cuz that's what it's officially called, but this saga and the current one I'm going are unnamed. So let's just call it um uh let's call it the Imposter Saga for now. It's a great way to describe it. So stick with me, folks. Just stick with me. Starline continues, if he had the warp topaz, it wouldn't be that hard, but Eggman chose to squander that resource and lacks the physical prowess to use brute force that Sonic does, so he needs a replacement to contest with his enemies. My heal spurs aren't sufficient, but there is something in mind. Fortunately, heat requires resources he can't obtain right now, so I reiterate, roadblock. But... I shall continue. Eggman's ambitions never advance so long as he continues his fixation with Sonic, so he must break the cycle and conquer the world for him. Cycle. Very interesting, uh, use of a word there. Yeah, quite, quite an interesting little, maybe it's internal, you know, the, the funny little, the funny little cycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little hard, though, no longer in Eggman's good graces. The badniks are limited and his personal enforcers cannot be used until he has his base. I will not make the mistake of a trusting partnership again. If only there was someone who had a mutual hatred of both Sonic and Eggman, I could potentially sway them? Eureka. So Starline then moves to Everhold Prison. By the way, Everhold Prison is designed after Prison Island in Sonic X. Why the fuck does it look like a guitar? That's a great question, and that's something I will have to die with. Wait, so Prison Island and Sonic X looked like this? Yep. Why the fuck is Prison Island and Sonic X a guitar? What I don't fuck? know. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, this is this is absolutely wild. Okay, what, uh, fine. Whatever, whatever, whatever. The Warden is surprised by Starline's entrance. He quickly uses some kind of magic on the Warden, saying that... He's here for the job interview. Remember the maximum security wing? I think my resume meets your requirements. Uh, it's a blank sheet of paper, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first of Starline's unique abilities. He has the power of mental manipulation of hypnosis. This is one of his many tools that he will be using in this series. And uh, it's quite an interesting one. We, we don't get Sonic villains with this power ever. Yeah, the more kind of uh, conniving, underhanded... Uh, I mean, we had someone like this in days gone by, but you know. Yeah, well, we don't we don't talk about him anymore. No, we can't. Yeah, we're, we're not legally allowed to. Yeah, but I, I think this, this also fits Starline's personality very well. Getting others to do what he wants. You know, and it's not really like a magic ability. It is kind of built into his glove. 
I don't know how he does it, but it is like a hypnosis. Like, I don't know how, if I'm, rem- I'm trying to remember this correctly. His right hand glove has like metal tips on it that I guess reverberate. And that's how it's kind of power of a suggestion kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody really knows. But, you know, I mean, the, the intended effect is there. But we'll, we'll be seeing a lot more of this power in the future. So Warden says, all right, you're exactly what I've been looking for. Starn says, all right, let's go. Let's not forget the keys, yes? So they go down the elevator. His head clears and continues the thought. You know, this job has been hard to fill because this wing holds some of the worst prisoners in the world. Some of them going as far to fight Sonic the Hedgehog himself. Oh, goodness. How frightful. (laughs) (laughs) They go down. On the left-hand side, they see someone who looks like the warden banging the glass demanding to be let out. You know, you've been tricked. But the warden just says, no, no, this guy's mimic. He's a spy and an assassin in debt to Eggman. He betrayed his teammates, framed Sonic, the list goes on. And that's when Mimic decides to transform back, saying, don't sell me so short. Doesn't matter if you don't care for my work. Yeah, this guy is totally not human scum. Sorry, octopus scum. (laughs) (laughs) And now the next cell, rough and tumble. Not particularly skilled or bright, but they managed to cause trouble in their own right. Their most recent escapade was them trying to take over Barricade Town for the second time, but since they still had all their wispons, they were able to easily fight back and are now in jail. And finally, it's Zavok, the leader of the Deadly Six, a beast with ferocious powers, and Starline says that these powers in question are controlling electromagnetic field. Putting him in this old cell was actually pretty clever. He can't let himself out. The warden is clearly very impressed as he did his research for this job. So I will give Ian some credit here. Zavok actually is pretty good in this miniseries. I'm not going to lie. Okay. So I will say I did get a little bit of flack for my uh, dislike of Zavok (laughs) in the last episode. So I will say this right now. My issue with Zavok isn't necessarily this stuff. This stuff is good. It's the problem of everything before this. He is so nothing. I agree that Ian does him really well in this comic. As good as you're going to get this character. For me, I just don't like him because of all the shit beforehand and how boring he was originally. I think he's much better now, but I don't want to see this guy in the games ever again, please. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's fair and reasonable. As for Zavok, what do you mean by job? What are you playing at, Doctor? The warden seems a little surprised that these two seem to know each other, but Zavok says this is Dr. Starline, Dr. Eggman's protege. And the warden is startled and about to do something, but Starline just hypnotizes him to sleep. Zavok just sees like, you've always had a hypnotic tool. Why bother with a cacophonic conch? Mr. Arline says, I have a variety of tools and I know when best to use them. Plus, I doubt it would do much against your iron will. Save the platitudes, Eggman Flunky. Former Flunky. (laughs) Starline starts addressing all of them. Gentlemen, it pains me to say this, but I was wrong. Dr. Eggman is not the marvel I thought he was. He used me, much like how he used all of you. And I will not allow that indignity to stand, and neither should you. I have a plan, and with our combined skills, we can get revenge on Dr. Eggman. Mimic, hard pass. Don't do teams anymore. Starline says, no, 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 this is more of a business relationship i need your skills in order for my plans to work and in exchange for your services i can delete eggman's records of you off the eggnet you will be free of his surveillance rough and tumble refused working for him initially since he dumped metal virus on them but starting says they hey, that was eggman's idea i had no clue about that so i will build you weapons to crush your enemies free of charge and they're on board to mimics dismay to that instant turnaround <laughs> he's like 
why are they this dumb? It's like, yes, yes, they are. They're fucking morons. As for Zavok, Starline attempted to enslave him in his pack. There's nothing you can offer me. How fortunate, Starline says, and then ends up bowing to Zavok. As my new master, you must succeed me as the leader. I myself am no leader. I am a flunky. I follow. I live to serve. But my mistake was following the wrong leader. Eggman deployed the metal virus haphazardly, letting it spread and mutate at random. The minute he lost control, he abandons his plans. But you, you took control of the situation instantly. You utilized the Zombots flawlessly, maximized the potential of the Chaos Emeralds instead of squandering them. You are everything I admired in Eggman and more. And as Starline finishes his empty words, we see a thought bubble, how he really feels. Zavok is a vainglorious brute who thinks himself a conqueror. I had a perfect plan to salvage the metal virus, but you and your minions ruined everything. I'm separated from Eggman because of you. I'll feed your ego, give you everything you want, then lead you by the nose to your destruction. I'll have everything I need and sweet revenge. So on the other end, you sad, weak little man. Just like Eggman, you're not nearly as cunning as you think. You're plotting something. No doubt we're all expendable in your scheme. That suits me fine. I have no love for these lowlifes, but I will sacrifice them to strike down Eggman and find my way back to my pack. And then you will pay dearly for trying to use me twice. Okay, so this is the thing that I do like about this. So Zavok is not just, I'm the evil leader. No, he's actually being intelligent enough to pick up on the deception and the cunning. He's like, no, this is same song and dance two times in a row. Right? Like, I know. And another interesting thing is that, like, you clearly can tell he does care about the Deadly Six. Even if it is, like, a little twisted, he wants to get his pack back. Otherwise, he would just be, you know, trying to go for, like, wanton destruction. And if he comes across his old pack, all right, sure, come along. Yeah, I feel like that's the most important, like, little things here, is that, yes, he does actually somewhat care about the characters around him, which is, you know, more than we had before. <laughs> that, that, uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Zavok then clarifies... This plan will be for my benefit? Yes, sir. We all stand to gain for it, but I pledge myself to you. So Zavok shakes his hand through the bars, deeming them his new deadly four. To which then an alarm blares. The warden had just woken up, the prison's on high alert, and the door only opens on his voice command. Thanks for the nap, no, that was quite lovely. Starline then proceeds to come toward him and knock him out with poison-tipped heal spurts. Just a mild toxin, he'll wake up eventually. Uh, they, they, they can't have Starline killing people, this gets common. Zavok is then released from his cell, he releases Mimic from his, then transforms into the Warden. To use his voice to open the door, code Beta Gamma 01. Mimic decides to go on ahead. Rough and Tumble are out. They throw the passed out warden into their cell. Some guards find Mimic thinking he's the warden and tells them Zavok broke out of his cell and brings them back as help. On the other side, Starline pacifies a guy to sleep. Zavok bashes the heads of two other guards and they're knocked out. The rough ass Starline, why can't his hypno gizmo just can't hypnotize everyone? But he says he designed it for precision. Gotta get back to the security room so we can actually get out of here. More guards prepare to fight them back. Hover whispers at the ready. But Starline whispers for Mimic to change into the warden to make them stand down. But he can't. He'll see him change. Maybe Zavok can. But then our boys, Rough and Tumble, decide to... Are in the mood for some, uh, freestyle. Time to smash some heads. Gonna make them crumble. It's, it's breakout break, break time. Out time. Rough and Tumble. Rough and Tumble. 
<laughs> uh, the two brute force their way through the guards, overtaking them quite easily. Mimic finishes that Zavok should have taken over the Wispons, but Zavok thinks this was better for them to prove their worth. Rough and Tumble win over the crowd. The backup arrives and ends up being cornered. Starlight reminds him Zavok he's needed for the plan, which says he must coddle the inferior non-Zeddy and takes over the Wispons. They go haywire and the guards are hurt in the process. So they move on ahead. Mimic takes on the Warden's form again and asks a guard for his Wispon. He's given and fires it on him, saying this is for helping a jailbreaking scum. The hover wisp inside leaving it, obviously seen through the ruse. Rough and Tumble go in first to the control room, beat down the controllers, and successfully taking the room over. The Starline moves, shuts down the alarm, but Zavok says, let's not do that. He opens up all the cells, scrambles the communication, let's cause some chaos in the prison. To which Starline says, ah, you're quite a visionary, sir. Rough Tumble and Mimic quickly question if they're okay working for them. But Mimic thinks if he can get Eggman off my back, good enough for me. They open the cells up, and in the chaos, the group are able to slip out unseen. Starline ending it with all that's being done. Let's go cause some real damage. And that's the end of Bad Guys number one. Actually, very strong start, if I do say so myself. Yeah, um, this was really good. Really, really good. Yeah, very impressed with Zavok's characterization here. And flunky characters towards Eggman usually have a archetype that they follow. We see it with like Snively and Sad AM, most recently with Agent Stone in the Paramount movies. Starline does follow these tropes a little bit. He's more like a Snively type of character in many different ways. Yeah, it's it's pretty beautiful. I really like Starline. I do. I love him. I think that he has a very unique edge. Snively is more of this pathetic sort of like conniving but starline is more of this arrogant conniving you know yeah and i like that it's a nice little nice little spice to the character so let's just move along bad guys issue two again flynn and lawrence are the creative team we open on our assembled team so far they're fighting off an egg hammer bad nick as starline monologue how they believe we're here for revenge on eggman but none of them are aware they're part of a plan to get himself back in eggman's good graces soon the name dr starline will be welcome in the eggman empire once again but first he needs the power and pace of a supersonic hedgehog. So Starline introduces the target, Power Cores. Power Cores were pickups in Sonic Heroes that increased the level of the character that you had out at the time. Not always. Uh, they were three different colors, Power, Speed, and Fly, uh, relating to each of the characters in a, in a team. Yeah, I like that these are coming back. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a fun <laughs> callback, and the fact that there is like, there's a little bit of lore to them as well. We'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. So with these power cores, Rough and Tumble asked if they're going to be building a ball pit, because, you know, we're banned from all of them. Kept kicking the kids out. But they want turf. They got to fight for it, you know? Mimic is uh, is unnerved that Starline has so much Eggman tech servicing him. But Starline says they will be needed for phase two. Then you'll be eradicated from his records. Not before. So Zavok asks exactly what are these power cores. So... Starline explains, these are concentrated forms of energy used by various machines in the Eggman Empire. When properly harnessed, they amplify the user's physical abilities, to which there are three types of cores, speed, fly, and power. In Zavok's case, having a red power core will double your already impressive strength. As for harnessing the powers, Starline thinks to himself, you can harness their abilities by just touching their EM cases, but he lies and says he'll have to build special adapters which will feed their power through them. Mimic wants to know how exactly this is going to get him off the dock's radar, 
But Starlink says, well, I thought I'd have to spell it out for Rough and Tumble, but I'm surprised you're taking it difficulty to put it together. Don't push it, Doc. Rough and Tumble laugh as uh, that arm head over there is as dumb as they themselves are. Wow, they, they actually just called themselves fucking morons. Incredible. <laughs> uh, something, something real recognize real. I don't know. <laughs> Starline explains on phase two, we go into the Eggnet hub, one of the few and take command of Eggman's information. Mimic can feel some joy with that, thinking he can be made so like he never existed, but he can focus on getting revenge on then. Zavok thinks that you could just reroute the command lines of the Badnik Horde and turn Eggman's army on him, but Starline says there are all fail-safes, but in that general area, you can do that. So he questions, Starline, would you really go so far against your former master? To which he adds, you cannot do half measures with Eggman, it's either all in or game over. We can't reach this point without the cores, which Mimic understands for now. We got a target. Zavok will lead the team into glorious combat. He will command them as he commanded the Deadly Six. Each will be used to the best of their abilities, and his order will be followed without question or hesitation. Is that clear? There can be no victory without total obedience. Starline in the back, little smug. Quite the opposite, beast. I've been using you from the start. That's why my victory will be assured. But when he pulls himself back... This kind of egoism is what loses battles. Every single one of these thugs is a liability. We transition to a scene of the group storming an Eggman warehouse as Starline monologues. Mimic betrays his team to Eggman as he's only in this to become harder to track. He's dangerous. Too dangerous to let loose after this. Showing Mimic disguising himself as an egg pond, distracting it, and shooting it in the back of the head. Rough and Tumble are bashing an egg hammer. Starline thinks those two are like blunt objects. They're dumb but vengeful. Just the sort to cause problems at the wrong time. Would be better if they're eliminated too. And Zavok? Oh, oh, Zavok, the most dangerous one here. Giving him any kind of power is a gamble. Letting him keep it out of the question. But he did admit, think he should maybe could keep some of them around, maybe fold them into his master plan, but no. Cannot afford sentimentality here. They all will be disposed of, and that is what needs to happen. Ah, <sighs> so, uh, what is this master plan? Cause, cause that's that's all we're hearing about, you know. So what, what, what is he cooking, right? What is our guy cooking? What is this big talk all about? Dare you ask? Well, again, we'll have to wait and see. They've taken out the front guards of the gate. Zavok orders Tumble throw the guys over the gates, and he and Ruff start their freestyle. Go for the long pass. I ain't gonna fumble. Knock it off! Mimic screams. <laughs> Don't bash the gimmick of Ruff and Tumble. As Ruff drops in with a smoke screen, and Mimic runs through, quickly taking on the form of an egg pond, and taking out another before uh, shining a spotlight on another egg pond and shooting him again. So Tumble and Zavok are just waiting to see what's going to happen. And Zavok notices the gates were magnetically locked when the alarm sounds, something which is no problem for him. He uses powers to release the gate. Tumble rushes in. Starline comes in from behind, driving a large truck. Zavok masterfully executed the plan. Zavok adds that while these people are no deadly six, they are adept. They ride in together. Zavok wonders why he and Eggman rely on machines when they can be so easily taken over. Starline reasons it's because machines are efficient, tireless, and Loyal, when programmed correctly, of course. Traits I thought you would hold in high regard. Zavok adds these traits come at the cost of flexibility, passion, and ingenuity. Robots are fine tools, but they are tools. Strong warriors will do anything a robot can do and more. But Starline says angrily, in the time he gets a dozen, I can build a thousand. No one will disrespect you, ignore all the hard work you've done, or throw you away because you dare to disagree with his knee-jerk reaction. Uh... <laughs> 
the uh 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 is he uh schizo moment <laughs> yeah starline is just like at the wheel deer in headlights it's like turns to zavok uh and then, and then Zavok just looks at him and says, he ain't taking you back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's a, we, listen, listen, listen. We take those massive Zavok W. <laughs> Starline, uh, Cope sees and molds. That's, that's fine. We're in this for revenge, remember? More importantly, you don't need him. Re- okay. All right. All right. All right. So. Remember the deception thing that we were talking about, right? This is the next layer of that. I love this, so I'm, I'm going to go through it. Starline's like, what are you? Your plan to control the metal virus and my pack was solid. You made one miscalculation while attempting to right all Eggman had done wrong. The truck stops and Zavok hops off as Starline gets out. It was his plan. I was merely adding my notes and you have great potential, Doctor. Do not limit yourself by trying to become Eggman. Surpass him. Starline thinks to himself, dare I think so brazenly? The master plan was already to... Could I go further? And There's a... If you're paying attention, guys, this one's gonna be on the test. Believe you me, this is gonna be on the test. I will say, though, I do like this from Zavok. I like that he's playing his cards correctly. He's he's a lot more than meets the eye in this instance. And this is, this is the kind of characterization that he needs in order to be, like, an intimidating threat and not just big bad monster. Well, Mimic shouts for them to get a move on. This is supposed to be a quick raid. Rough and Tumble are arguing over who smashed more badniks. Starline moves quick, he hacks in, and asks Mimic to change into Sonic and mock a security camera. If Eggman thinks this is some form of heroic vandalism, he's not going to question it. But if he sees us, he'll begin installing countermeasures. So Mimic follows through, shapeshifts into Sonic, and just starts hurling insults towards a camera. Until they hear a roar, and round the corner comes this giant T-Rex badnik. And actually, its design kind of fucks. Yeah, it's uh, it's very detailed. I, I don't know when they planned on using the, you know, hey, the T-Rex Badnik, I-, I guess? Wasn't there a boss like this in Rush Adventure? I don't know if I'm misremembering, but there maybe yes, there was something yes, like that. Yes, yes, I'm pretty sure that there was a T-Rex Badnik in, uh, well, not Badnik, it was a fucking Captain Whiskers? Yeah, Captain Whisker robot. God, I fucking hate Johnny. <laughs> Where'd that stray come from? Just, just like, okay, so like, I love Rush Adventure. I think Rush Adventure is very underrated. Not enough people have played it. I, even the touch mini games are not that bad, but like, generally it's pretty fun. Uh, the music is decent, and uh, I just don't think people give it the en- enough attention, right? I'm a big it, fan it, of it, I'm not gonna lie. Like, Rush is like, uh, if the dial's at 10 with Rush, I'd say Rush Adventure is like a 7 and 8, but it's still worth your time. I love it. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, uh, Johnny is the most, one of the most nothing Sonic characters. He literally just, jer- like, does nothing the whole game, shows up at the end, and he occasionally races you for chaos. He's so, like, whatever. <laughs> Mimic decides to tag out. Zavok, you handle it. But when he uses power on it, it deflects, so it's EM shielded. Starting thinking it's to protect it the charged air from coming out of its core manufacturing. Rough and Tumble, though, have an idea. A stink bomber grand slam. So they rush in, but open wide up. Your inside's about to get jumbled. Special delivery from Rough and Tumble. And then Tumble just dunks Rough right through its mouth. 
and Tumble keeps its mouth shut. Ruff's gas is overflowing the T-Rex. And from overwear, it just pops open and Ruff comes out untouched. One W from these guys. Singular. Singular. Starline was actually very impressed with that move as uh, Mimic, to his hatred, admits that as much. No time for an encore. And they load up crates of each core type and goes into the security room to delete the footage. Ruff is struggling carrying a crate up, Tumble carrying one on his back, a mimic pushing a card on a dolly, exasperated to see them not being so bright about this. And we also, very quick but very important scene, Zavok sees a power core, touches it, and can feel its energy. And that's where he, uh, that's where he starts thinking some thoughts. Meanwhile, outside, him and Tumble do a combination punch into the door for a trademark spin dash evidence uh, to sort of confuse Eggman. They hop on the truck, bang on the front, crew drives off. And then the next day, Eggman and Orbot do some damage assessment. Eggman thinks Orbot's report is quite small, but it seems like this is all they've got on file. Clearly Sonic is to blame. But Eggman sees missing databases and incomplete security footage. Why? Well, Orbot thinks it's to cover his tracks, but then why would Sonic mock a security camera? Uh, perhaps it was Tails covering for Sonic, but Eggman says no, Prower would not be this sloppy. Something else is going on here, and whoever's responsible will pay dearly. Another little comment I'd like to, to point out is that Eggman does seem to have like this, I guess, fellow inventor kind of uh, mutual respect for Tails. Yeah, I do like that. Um, you know, they've always been diametrically opposed in like certain media as they are in respective mechanics of the good and evil side. So it's interesting that the two, like when they work together are very, 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 very like in sync. So I, I do like that the two of them, there's at least somewhat of a mutual respect. Yeah, and I mean, even in uh, Frontiers, that one data log, one that, that's definitely one of my favorites, where Eggman says that that young Miles has a lot of potential. It's too bad he keeps living in Sonic Shadow. Very ironic for for what that game is uh, is dealing with. But yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> I, I I really I really like that line. We then move to Starline's base. He's working on a project, and he thinks how Zavok ultimately is right. No robot could have done what Rough and Tumble did back there, but he cannot allow himself to rely on others, not in the way others think I do. Food for thought can wait until I move forward with this long-term plan. I must focus on the present to enable the future. As Starline is moving between two green liquid chambers, I am now one step closer to achieving my dream thanks to this, a means to ensure I never have to rely on anyone ever again. Again, pay attention. This is going to be important going forward. Very important. Very, very, very important. Starline does a field test of his newest invention. He first glows a blue aura and dashes around his lab at sonic level speeds. Then a glowing yellow aura gives him increased height jump. Uh, looks like to me with the way the dash pattern's doing out, it's like he's doing like the Mario 64 triple jump. Yo, is he... Is Starline, is Starline gonna do a watch for the rolling rocks and 0.5 presses? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, all I need is just Starline to do the uh, the backwards long jump and I'll be happy. Yahoo, yahoo, yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and finally, glowing red, it enhances his strength and picks up a crate with one hand over his head. A rousing success, he declares. Now I can contend with the so-called heroes of the world with the power of the tricore with a multicolored core placed on the back of the glove hand that once housed the warp topaz yeah so this is starline's replacement quite interesting we are going to be seeing a lot of this in use but yeah i mean this was a great issue um again the interesting thing about this arc 
and and something that I really love about it is that it is very much content with expanding personality and intent for these characters. Starline was already like very charismatic and very fun to watch initially, you know, Dr. Eggman fanboy, but watching him expand beyond that is very interesting. Zavok getting good character development is really cool. Rough and Tumble, eh, they don't really need much character development, but like even like little things with Mimic, you know, just uh it's it's some it's some it's some good shit yeah they all work really well together just as characters and watching them like kind of bounce off each other one-on-one it's very fun to watch it's uh it's very interesting uh but yeah we're about to get into the the thick of things because uh oh boy bad guys issue three ian flynn writing jack lawrence was the main artist however we've got two new guys on board assisting Aaron Hammerstrom and Bricardi Curry. So these two guys, they're both fans turned creative. For Hammerstrom, IDW Sonic was his break into the comic book industry. Before this, he actually did cover art for the books. And Curry is also mainly a cover artist along with being an inker. And of course, these two guys do some pretty great art, if I don't say so myself. Yeah, no, they're they're really, really good. We open in Starline's lab and his PC's booting up. Password is entered and asks for a secondary voice print ID. The passcode being in a beacon of a sea of ignorance. And then boots. Reduce volume. Replay last development journal. And so the video starts playing. Starline just finished the tricore. Reports how things are going along. Everything's going swimmingly. The rabble had rallied to my cause and are performing beyond expectation. And now have a surplus of power cores to finalize my long-term plans. And with the creation of the tricore, I can now hold my own against Sonic, Tails, or Knuckles should the need arise. And unlike the single-use gear I made for my teammates this tricore can be used in rapid succession for hundreds of times over tomorrow we'll begin phase two of the plan we invade the eggnet hub erasing egg base sigma from the list and turning all security protocols of it to myself once the base is lost to the doctor and truly under my control i can continue to my true plan the parameters of that though may shift zavok for all his faults really did say some things that struck me to my core but he himself will not Once this new base is secured, my robot forces will eliminate them all. No witnesses, no loose ends. A touch wasteful, but they are too risky and dangerous to let Rome free. Something which Zavok himself agrees with, coming behind Starline in the dark. Starline says he moves surprisingly quiet for a large guy. When I want to. You're quite stealthy yourself, Mimic. He reveals himself from his disguise and says, hey, be quiet. Let's not wake the real deal as we see Starline just dead asleep in his bed. Mimic adds he never trusted him. Doesn't make a move without intel. Did you come for evidence? Zavok says no. I confirmed the lies for myself when I touched the power core. I wanted to see if the devices he made for us were booby-trapped. But Mimic takes a look around his files. No, they're actually clean. Which Zavok calls a move as short-sighted as Eggman's. Looks like it's to ensure that there are no misfires. He wants us all at max efficiency until he disposes of us. But Mimic pulls out a knife. Joke's on him. The doc ain't waking up tomorrow. But Zavok says, ah, ah, outside, now. Mimic's like, hey man, what are, you, what are you doing? Why are you holding out? We can end this tonight. But Zavok says, no, we need him to access the Eggnet. We won't make a move until we feel like we've gotten everything we need done. Tomorrow, he'll open the way to what we want and you will be rewarded by finishing him. Mimic agrees to this, but if it's looking like we're moving up the timetable, I'm gonna pull the trigger, which Zavok says, hey, fair enough. Get some rest. We end this in the morning. Clever. Very, very clever, these two. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's some there's some, there's some, some scheming going on. It's, it's pretty good. We open in the truck as Starline is having to deal with Rough and Tumble trying to workshop. No, 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 no. Uh, 
What about gimmick? No, 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 that doesn't rhyme with mimic. Uh, maybe? Let's try it out. You better not whine. It's about to get tough. You better not grumble. We got a new gimmick. Get ready for Havoc. It's Starline, Tumble, Rough Mimic, and Zavik. Eh, I don't think it works. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does that. As, uh, as, as Zavik just is like, what? <laughs> and, and, and Starline is just like, oh my god, get them the fuck out of here. <laughs> Rough saying, y'all are a bunch of ignorance. That was inspired. <laughs> Zavok, though, adds, this may be a sign of growing kinship. Congratulations, Doctor. Starline adds, we're a long way from victory, a little premature. Well, you brought us all together. Eggman would not have been able to conduct an operation. I am glad to command you, my faithful servant. As Starline thanks his new master, Zavok has truly fallen for the ruse. It'll make ambushing him that much easier, as Mimic gives a smug grin from the side. Congratulations, you played yourself. Well, they arrive to the Eggnet hub. Starline distributes the team's core gears, gives Tumble a power core. He hoped for something more tail-like, but... Starline says, I'll make a tail for you next time. He gives Mimic a flight core and just asks, how do they work? All you need to do, attach it somewhere to your bodies and then operate as normal. The core will distribute its power to you instantly. Well, gentlemen, you get to indulge in your power fantasies today. You can achieve anything. And Ruff, with a speed core, asks why Starline didn't have one for himself. Which Starline sheepingly says, oh, well, I have no fantastic abilities to enhance. It'd be a waste to get one. As Zavok and Mimic just silently look at each other first things first zavok and mimic take out the front guard zavok will use his power core to launch himself from a jump and punches out the egg pond from a watchtower mimic falls behind with flight to jump up the watchtower and throws off the egg ponds with his tentacle hair so we can use them like limbs okay that's okay 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 rough spin dashes to throw tumble off the top of the wall over the gate and tumble uses his power core to force the drawbridge open rough rushes in with the speed core my boy's peeling out like sonic does and he's having the time of his life now i see why sonic so cocky since this is how he lives hey i mean that's fair yeah zavok and mimic are jumping around the towers taking out guards and arrive to the main gate inside tumbles about to punch the door down but sarin says ah stand back there are sensitive equipments in there which then mimic then uses his hair tentacles to reach under precision is best left to the professionals and the door unlocks we are mere steps away from total victory, Starline says. Rough though, well, still a little mad he didn't get to smash anything yet, but Starline says, ah, interior guard is all yours. Just don't break anything, okay? Ruff then spin dashes through a gunner robot, smacks it with his tail, and fires its gun to Zavok, using its power core to make himself more durable, unfazed by the fire, and punches right through the badnik, through its chest. Tumble thinks he could have taken it over, but Zavok says it's not as satisfying as totally obliterating it. When inside, Starn reaches the central computer. He's ready to get to work. Mimic asks how he will assess it, but Starn says he's made some code that will give him override access. Something he was coming up for a different project, but that's not important right now. Mimic tells him work fast. Don't need to be here when Eggman gets alerted and all. Starline says, oh no, Eggman was alerted by the time we hit that first badnik. He's mobilizing as we speak. To Mimic's shock. But it's like, hey man, calm down. We're in control of his feed right now. I'm telling him it's Sonic and giving him the coordinates of a different facility. As we then see our boy Eggman, he's dripping up. His scarf is ready to go flying. Carpet bomb whoever's ready to cause a ruckus. But Orwell comes to him with an update. It's actually not from the Eggnet hub, but from a different facility 20 miles away. Eggman's thinking, that is too much of a mistake to be a glitch. Well, and then Orbot thinks, well, maybe Tails sent a dubby signal to throw him off their trail, but Eggman thinks maybe it's actually the other way around, and it's maybe to throw him off their trail. Doesn't matter. I'll just bomb both of them, sift through the ashes later. And then Eggman flies out the hangar, piloting the Egghawk, 
shouting, this time he's got Sonic right where he wants him. The Egghawk, by the way, first boss of Sonic Heroes. Yes, it's very cute. We cut back to Starline and Co., uh, Rough and Tumble, giving them, giving them fisticuffs as they are watching the door. Starline looking in the database to see that Eggman has logged his flight plan. Zavok asking for the defensives, suddenly overcome with a desire to protect us, as uh, Mimic says, Time to pay the piper, Doctor. All in good time, I need to do one thing first, as he pulls up the registry of auxiliary bases, prepared to delete Egg Base Sigma, and that's when the knife hits his throat. I'm done being polite. Oh, and you know, he's got, he's, it, just, just, just to really rub it in, uh, the knife is like pressed up right against his throat. And that's where Starline asks Zavok a, Little help, but Zavok stops Rough and Tumble from stepping in, saying the doctor here was using us. Mimic found evidence this was all a ploy to hijack a new base for himself, and once secure, would get rid of us all. Rough and Tumble go on about how they knew from the start they were only pretending to work with him. Yeah, okay, sure, yeah. Mimic then starts to move his knife closer to Starline. Go ahead, deny it, give me a reason. Uh, Will you need me to delete you from the database? Then do it. (sighs) Would be easier with some room to breathe. You'll manage. So Starline then pulls up Mimit's logs, deletes it from the master files. Boom, bada, bing, you're done. Then Zavok orders him, assign command of badniks to me. This will be the first slice of territory I will slice for myself. And Starline again agrees, no hesitation, as he thinks he needs to get to his tricor and equip it. Zavok tells Mimic, you, my friend, are a free man. Zavok himself has conquered a chunk of the Eggman Empire within five minutes. And Rough and Tumble have their core gears, plus a surplus of cores back at the lab. All in all, Dr. Starline, you have outlived your usefulness. Another L for Starline, huh? Add that to the list. Yeah, this guy, uh, he cannot help but catch L's every single day of his entire fucking life. But this was mostly... How do we put it? A, uh... This was mostly an action issue. A lot of stuff happened. But let's see the tale to its conclusion. In Bad Guys number four, Flynn and Lawrence are creative team. So now the group has surrounded Starline and Zavok mocks him for thinking he could betray them so easily. Now that we have everything we want, except for your hide. Starline sneakily puts his tricor on his glove and uses flight to jump high over the chair and behind the group. And when he lands, he switches to power. As Tumble is going in to punch him, he punches back connects fists, and Tumble reels from Starline's punch. Rough surprise he has muscles like that, and, you know, he can use the power core. Zavok then rushes, he'll end Starline, but you'll have to catch me first, and boosts away with the speed core out of Zavok's reach. Rough is amazed to see him being so fast too, but Mimic says, no, you idiot, he made a better core for himself than he gave us. He has all three boosts while I only have the one. Zavok then relays orders. Mimic, you stay behind in case he doubles back. Rough Tumble, you are with me. We hunt. And as they leave, Mimic relaxes back and thinks, yeah, that makes sense. He needs the computer to get what he needs. So he looks around if there's anywhere he can ambush Starline. But then again, Starline's got a point. These guys are dangerous. Being deleted from Eggman's files won't mean anything if one of them tells them everything. But if Eggman gets on here on time and wipes out all of us, there's no one left to paddle a little old Mimic. So he gets to the PC, sends some information out, upload complete, a boost. So long, fellas. It's been fun. Now to go pay Whisper a visit. Oh. Oh. In the sky, Eggman flying the Egghawk, en route to the base that he thinks Sonic is ransacking, but Orbot messages him. The alert was cleared as false, but if you'd rather let Zavok learn Roos in an Eggman hub, what? He sees the security feed. How did Zavok get here? 
and has Valkyries flying up from behind to form him to take out that Zeddy once and for all. Back in the Eggnet hub, Ruff is dashing the hallway shouting for Starline as he's hiding behind a corner, punching him out with the power in hands. Starline then quickly stabs him with the poison spur, and Ruff lays on the ground just fighting to remain conscious. And Starline taunts him, One dose of toxin immobilizes you. So let's see what two does. As Tumble screams, Yo, over here! Starline's over here! And then he uses flight to jump up between the pipes in the ceiling. Zavok saying, It's over, Doctor. Over before it even began. You were always a failure. Well, you can have that run right, I guess. Yeah, I guess. You're not fit to be Eggman's successor. Your planning was sloppy. Your discarding of your comrades needlessly cruel. All of it compounded by your unearned sense of pride. Zavok then thinks for a minute. Looking around as Starline is sheepishly holding the top of the ceiling, attempting not to be noticed as uh, Zavok walks away and says, On second thought, all that makes you exactly like Eggman. And also, Zavok here, surprisingly good judge of character, not gonna lie. Yeah, this man called out Starline for who he is. And again, it's it's another really, really, really good moment from Zava. I, I like it. Believe it or not, folks, we're going to get to see a little bit more of that in the future. Starline thinks he's right, ultimately. He spent all this time, all my life, modeling myself after Eggman. And sees Badnix pass him, using his speed to boost away. And continues to think Eggman end up influencing my own ways. Even if I try to plan around the shortcomings, the methodology is inherently flawed. Oh, my vendetta against Zavok has distracted me, just as the doctor's vendetta against Sonic distracts him. I was too quick to discard my assets, just as he quickly brushed me aside. Starline has become everything he critiqued his idol for. Uh, there's no time for self-pity, though. We're in damage control phase now. Time to control my losses and achieve what I can. So Starline decides to speed back, coming across Tumble trying to care for Ruff. He tries to intercept Starline for hurting him, but quick thinking, Starline swipes his poison spurts across the back of Tumble's legs and immobilizes him. Inelegant, but efficient. Starline in. Tumble, he says, bro, I'm sorry for not doing so much, but is like, nah, it's okay, bro, you tried. <laughs> you tried, brother. We, we appreciate the try. Starline comes back to the computer room. He heard Zavok tell Mimic to guard the place, so how do you spot a master of disguise before he ambushes you? Or turn your plans against you and sees Eggman will be here any minute. He quickly deletes Eggbase Sigma from the registry, covert defenses to support me, delete all change logs, and finally get out of here before Eggman arrives and dashes out of there. We then see Zavok, he finds Ruff and Tumble on the floor, angered at the sight of this, but they say Starline poisoned them, but he says to empower themselves with their cores and power themselves through it. Ruff sees that his core is out of charge. Then Zavok says, all right, then get out of my way. If you can't handle one enemy, get out of my sight. Oh, I don't see you catching him. We've been doing most of the work. The boys are uh, trying to help each other up, hobble their way out of the base, saying they don't need no bosses or teams. They work better alone, alone together forever. Love them. They're, they're out here. They're, they're wildin'. Zavok arrives to the computer room, shouting for Mimic to pull up the security feed. Mimic! Mimic! Oh, why am I not surprised? So Zavok intends to fuse the computer, find leads on the rest of the Deadly Six, rally them, and... Until Eggman appears on the monitor. Zavok, why don't you come out to play? He's angered, wondering if Mimic or Starline set this up. I know the Kakonic Conch was lost with the face ship. You have no means of subduing me. Who said anything about subduing? You're trespassing, and trespassers get vaporized. He's a little surprised Eggman would so willingly take out critical infrastructure, but says, eh, Dad, I can always rebuild. And taking you down while staying out of range of your EM powers? 
quite well worth it. Zavok adds, well, th this is a waste. And I hate waste. And you're a fool if you think you're beyond my reach. And he sends EM waves to take command of all the badniks protecting the hub. And they fire on Eggman with the Valkyries. Uh, Eggman's response is, hey, hey, stop shooting my stuff with my stuff. Only I get to do that. The air fight's happening. Mimic is driving away in Starline's truck. Uh, if he's lucky, they'll wipe each other out. Rough and Tumble see the fight from the distance. Ah, geez, we timed that right. Let's just stay out of this rumble. It's a brand new start for Rough and Tumble. Uh, they can't help themselves. Starline, however, is uh, a bit more melancholic, uh, looking at the battle with a dour and almost concerned look. Eggman has had enough, caused the Valkyries to bring it down, they carpet bomb the building, and it's leveled. Zavok uses his power core to increase his durability as the ceiling collapses on him. Eggman flips his scarf. This is what you get when you mess with the best. Flies away. As we see, Zavok digs himself out of the debris and sees the Egghawk flying away. He tries to move, but he stumbles over and can't get up. And he takes command of the one standing egg pond to support him, and he walks away. Move. Heal. Survive. Find my pack. Get revenge. So, we are back at Dr. Eggman's headquarters, as Orbot reaves off while there was no signs of Zavok, he didn't even give us a forwarding address. So, Zavok is still out there. Wonderful. At least we have an answer for all the odd raids lately. An unsatisfying answer, says Eggman. Zavok isn't tech savvy. He doesn't know anything about my infrastructure. Why target the Power Core Factory and Eggman Hub? How did he even know where they were? Are these rhetorical questions or what I'm getting at is this isn't how he operates. Yes, he was involved, but something else is going on. Someone else is making moves against me. And right now I can't be sure who it is or what they're planning. Speaking of which, we move to Egg Base Sigma being repurposed to Starline's new central command. The execution was not optimal, but the results were achieved. Starline thinks as the badniks are moving in his old lab projects. Now I have a base where my grand vision can be achieved. But now he has new clarity to that vision. He first thought he wanted to prove himself to Eggman, prove himself worthy of his approval. But why? I now know I'm as competent as he is. I'm more self-aware. I'm more willing to fix my own mistakes, to improve. Why bolster a man who's willing to maintain the status quo as Sonic is? Why limit myself like that? I won't conquer the world to prove it to Eggman. I'll prove it myself. I won't prove I'm Eggman's equal. Instead, I'll prove I'm his superior replacement. That ends our Bad Guys miniseries, and that one line superior replacement is going to be the core theme for the saga moving forward yes i hope you guys are excited uh as we start to get an insight as to what is coming next yeah but this was a uh, fucking great miniseries uh bad guys was excellent uh for kind of all the reasons we've talked about a lot of really 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 good dialogue a great like sort of seeds being planted here but i think the thing that really makes me love it and enjoy it the most out of everything honestly it's starline and zavok and i can't believe i'm saying starline is great here because him and zavok have this great back and forth about their ideals and their values and sort of the the whole idea of one-upping each other and the playing against each other is great zavok gets good character development as we actually see him emote and really 
come into his own you know there's there's some stuff there it's all super interesting i'll be honest bad guys is not my favorite miniseries out of all the ones idw has done so far as far as it being like a standalone story goes as far as like it being part of the wider arc it's definitely setting up this upcoming saga but yes I will agree. Extremely strong character development. I really, I really enjoyed seeing Zavok of all characters, getting to explore his sort of ideology and mentality. I think the biggest thing that was lacking from Lost World, uh, among many others, obviously, was that the Deadly Six did not feel very, like, corely integrated. We didn't even know what they were beyond the fact that they were a species called Zeti. I, I've learned about this relatively recently. There is a throwaway line in Lost World, which suggests there are other Zeti out there that Zavok easily is willing to replace the Deadly Six with, reincorporate into his pack. Whatever these creatures are supposed to be, in further readings, I came up with a theory that I think maybe next episode I can talk about when it becomes more relevant. But, uh, <laughs> it's all super interesting now that this door has been opened. So, I think we should just get right into the main comic and kind of see where our direction is gonna take us. So, uh, I hope you guys like, like, side trips because uh we're not we're not getting into some some super intense stuff here but uh it's it's gonna be comfy yeah the girls the girls are going on vacation kinda kinda sorta sonic the hedgehog issue 33 evan stanley our new head writer also doing art herself so we open outside of tails's workshop as rouge amy Tails and, yes, Omega are inside of said workshop while Sonic is chilling outside on a tree. He looks cozy. He is very cozy right now. Rouge and Amy finish bringing in the rest of Omega's body. Amy's saying with so much heavy lifting, she can skip the boxer size today. With all this, Rouge asks Tails, can you repair Omega? And he says, I really don't know. Eggman wrote all this in code, so without a cipher, this is all gibberish to me. Even if I could read this, this is gonna be a lot more than a tune-up. He's gonna need a full rebuild. Sonic peeks to the window as Omega, head suspended from the ceiling, says it is fortunate to be a machine. If I was a weak, organic life form, I would feel stressed from this situation. <laughs> uh. Tails thinks if I can find Eggman's network, I can get a cipher. We'll need to go to an abandoned Eggman base with Eggnet access. Amy wants to get into action, but Rouge is looking to get out of here. She says any more than one good deed for a day and she can break out in hives. Can't wait to see Omega all fixed up. You guys let me know how it goes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Sonic hops in through the window saying, Yo, I know an abandoned Eggman base near Windmill Village. Amy, you want to come with? And uh, Amy is a, a little flustered of Sonic offering to go on a mission with him. And, you know, it's like, come on, come on. It'll be cold, deep underground, infested with rusty killer robots. It's the works. And she's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> Tails can handle the blueprints, but then we got to worry about the parts. Tails doesn't exactly have the tools to fabricate Eggman tech. But if I could get some E100 parts, I could probably do it. Though those might be hard to come by. But Rouge actually says, oh, wait, is that all? I can take care of that, no problem. Then Rouge pulls out her phone. There's a poster for Winter Park, the roller coaster place. A little interesting shout out, it's the zone from Sonic 4 Episode 2. Uh, not a callback I was expecting. I like this zone a lot, so good use. I can't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against it. Rouge says here, we can find rare goods, if you know who to talk to. And she happens to know exactly the person. The reigning champion of the Winter Park Chow Circuit, Clutch. 
Got a large collection of odd tech, and he's known to make the under the table trade every now and again. Her reputation might make getting to him a little hard, but there's a good cover story lying in wait. The Chow Races. Amy can tell you've put a lot of thought into this. She says, of course, all that treasure just lying in wait, but we're going to need one more person to tie it all together. So in Floral Forest at Vanilla and Cream's house, uh, Cream, uh, Gemral, and Vanilla, along with Cheese and Chokla, are making cookies. So Vanilla answers the phone. Who's calling? On the other side, Amy whispers to Ruth. Do you really, should we really do this? But Ruth says, trust me. Do you want to do that, or you want to go to the cold, damp Eggman base? Uh, it's Amy. Hi. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this chow race thing happening. Uh, Cream. We want Cream to come join us if she's down with it. But Vanilla's like, I don't know if that's such a good idea. But Amy appeals to Gemral. If he were damaged, you know, we'd be there to get him fixed up. Doesn't Omega deserve that same kindness? It'll make a huge, positive impact. Yes, Impact craters from my... Roos covers up his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Average Omega moment. (laughs) Vanilla sees that. And on general, actually, I think he could use a tune-up. He hasn't complained, but he was damaged in that last battle. Amy says, yeah, maybe Tails can figure something out. Cream is very happy to hear that they'll fix up general, but he insists his systems are optimal. Any damage is superficial. Amy and general will go along with her. She's willing to let Cream join Amy on this adventure. Go pack your winter clothes. It's cold in Winter Park. Amy will be here soon. And please be careful, dear. You know how dangerous these adventures can be. So we now move to... The forest near Windmill Village, Sonic and Tails, uh, who have hopped out of the tornado, are inside one of the Eggman bases. And this is another rare sight, Sonic Tails, a solo adventure between the two of them, you know, just uh, hanging out in some dark, damp old egg base. As they move through, Tails wonders why Eggman abandoned this base, and Sonic teases him saying, ooh, maybe it was overrun by ghost badniks. Spooky. Unknown to them, they see someone slicking around in the shadows behind them. The badniks only come out under the full mood. They want to suck your blood. I I think you got some wires crossed there, buddy. Uh, what? No, never. Shut up. So they pry a door open and Tails finds a computer terminal with the backup power he can get into the egg net. So they like, go in. And Sonic's taking a look around and sees old Sonic and Tails dolls made for Badnik target practice. You know, I take back the thing about the Badniks. These things are creepy enough as it is. Well, at least we got company. So also a fun little shout out. These little like character dolls. Was that from that one stage in Adventure? Yeah, yeah. They're the uh, the, the target dummies for um, Gamma's final egg. Yeah, so this is this is the this is the training stage for uh for for Gamma. Meanwhile, Amy, Rouge Cream, and Gemral are driving to Winter Park. The lights beaming at night, and Amy is just loving the sight of it. And I have to honestly, so do I. The art here, astounding. Yeah. Uh. So, couple things. Uh. First of all, Rouge is drift the fuck out. Amy is also whipping around in uh. I believe this is the car that she used in Sonic R as well. It might be the one from Sonic R or modified the one to be the one that looks like in uh, Team Sonic Racing, maybe? Yeah. I mean, it's all kind of the same car, more or less. Amy knows this technically isn't a vacation, but it's a nice change of pace after doing paper pushing in the restoration. Amy hits the brakes as sees someone standing in the middle of the road. Fucking shadow. (laughs) Yeah, this guy, average, average shadow moment, just walking in the middle of the road for no reason. He's blending into the night. Jesus Christ. Well, shadow just keeps going on his way, but Amy's like, hey, what are you doing out here? Nothing that concerns you. Well, we're here trying to get Omega fixed up. We could use your help. Not interested. 
and jumps over the railing down the mountain. Why does this guy have to be such a grump all the time? Rui says, don't take it personally. That was actually very polite for him. <laughs> Pen. Besides, something tells me we're going to see him again very soon. Then we skip. We arrive in the lodge and get to the lobby. Ruse leads the way to check in and tells the group, remember, subterfuge. If anyone asks, my name is Facet. As for Omega, her, the, whose head is in her luggage, sit tight. This does not compute. I have no legs. I know, just, just shut up. So now, I also do want to point out, rare interaction of Amy, Cream, and Rouge are Team Rose for this arc. Yeah, this is a very weird trio, but honestly, I kind of love it. Yeah, as of lately, Team Rose kind of cycles around, so it's not really like the classic Amy, Cream, and Big. It tends to be mainly Amy at the center, more often than not Cream, and then a third person. Which is cool. I like that. So, follow my lead, act natural. If we're lucky, no one will even know we were here, as we get a brief glimpse of someone hiding themselves in a parka. By the way, I want to point out the girls were all given different outfits for the extreme cold. Um, I do want to say something here. Apparently, there is a mandate with IDW Sonic that the characters, the game characters are not allowed to deviate from their usual designs, but I'm just going to make an assumption that maybe Evan was able to make an exception with Sega. I feel like in some instance, uh, you know, the design probably had to look recognizable enough for it to sort of fit, you know? Yeah. They get their attention to the MC of the event. Oh, Mochow. Oh. The Grand Prix qualification race is about to start. Last call for signups. So Rouge takes Cream to sign up as Amy goes to find a good spot. Rouge and Cream arrive to the sign-up desk. Rouge tells the receptionist, this young girl is very excited to have her child join the race. And can we sign up right here? And the receptionist says, oh, well, just aren't you the cutest? Uh, yeah, here you go. Sign up. But, um, Omo Chow says children will not be allowed to enter. So Rouge, under her facet name, signs her up in place. Now, this is also a fun shout out here. The receptionist is actually designed after Bobby who runs the Thanks Ken Penders Tumblr account. Oh, wow, really? Yes. Oh, that's adorable. Oh. Evan, I think, even went out of her way to ask permission from Bobby to use her character. That's so good. Damn. Goat, goat, goat. Actual goat. And um, also, you'll notice that Bobby, I believe her OC's name is Ponnet, so let's stick with that name. Ponnet here has six chow, six green chow around her. These chow are Ferox chow from Sonic Chronicles. There's a massive joke here. The fact is, is that um, Bobby at one point streamed Sonic Chronicles on her Twitch, and these chow basically let you skip the rhythm segments for the uh, heavy hitting attacks in game. So she saves scum to get all those chow for the characters in game. Wow. <laughs> Deep lore. Deep lore that you can only get from someone so brain broken as me. <laughs> but hey, well, listen, uh, patrons, patreon.com slash sonic speed, you're getting your money's worth. You are getting your money's worth. That's right. Discount code alpha. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cream puts cheese down to the starting line. All the chow are lined up to race. But Cream turns around and is kind of upset with Rouge. You shouldn't lie like that, you know? And that's Miss Facet to you. And look, a little white lie won't hurt them. General notes that Rouge has a predisposition towards deception. Noted. You're no fun. Well, despite that, Cream sees Cheese down on the track from where they're viewing, and Rouge looks up to see their guy, 
pulling Amy to see as well. So this is our guy Clutch, a green possum that kind of does have like a Michael Corleone vibe to him, if I do say so myself. He's got the uh, he's got he's, you know he has he has the is the mafia Italiano gangsters. He got he's got the a Tony a Tony. You know he's got that Sopranos looking motherfucker kind of vibe to him. You know I kind of dig it. I'm not gonna lie. I mean he's listen man. Uh, every once in a while, those characters are all right. Rouge comments that she wasn't really expecting so much hair from this guy, said as he's wearing a fur coat, for the record. Omochao blows the whistle, but she stumbles and falls out from the gate. Cream encourages him that you can catch up in the flying section, but he actually does get a proper running start and is able to dash past the group. Cheese is able to start flying over the swimming portion, but a dark chow kicks him from behind and pushes him into the water. Cheese is able to swim with all his might. Cream and Amy are shouting encouragement from the stands. He's out of the water, makes a mad dash for the finish line, and he crosses it Fall Guy style and gets him into the qualifying bracket. Goaded. We we love we love Cheese. We love we love to see a legend succeed. So they're officially in the Grand Prix. Although Cheese sees around the corner, the Chow that kicked him in the back is Clutch's Chow. Pinning that. They step away from the crowd. Amy was not expecting this plan to be as fun as it was. But Rouge insists my plans are always fun. Evidently, they end up being met by Clutch. Gemeral instantly puts himself between him and Cream. But he comes out to says he wants to meet all new challengers. Especially ones to show much as potential as Cream and Cheese do. So Rouge introduces herself as Facet. And Clutch decides to invite her to his apartment. It's the penthouse suite. Stop by tonight. We can talk shop. Which Rouge does accept. And gloats... This is how you get it done. But Amy thinks this was all a little too easy. But no, this guy's got something up his sleeve, but I can handle him. Go book a room for the night, I'll catch up. And Amy agrees, but only because it's past Cream's bedtime. Later that night, Rouge knocks on the door of the penthouse, suitcase carrying Omega. It's told to come in. Door is open and looks inside and, uh, uh, pass it the possums. Kind of a pack rat. Apartment is scattered with junk. His housekeeping is as rigorous as his personal hygiene, but sees a pearl necklace loose thinking there is a certain charm about it, and finds Clutch sitting in a sole chair. Oh, my guests tend to get lost in my collection. I trust you found something to your liking, Rouge the Bat. Um, my name is Facet. Stop. I'm a collector. You are a thief. It was bound to happen eventually. I prefer the term treasure hunter. Aha, yes, mm, yes. All right, look, Rouge, here's the deal. We have something you want. You have something I want. I am a Chow trainer, the best one at that. The Chow you are racing today, I can make them legendary. If your diamond in the rough can come out and top in tomorrow's races, you can have anything you want from my collection. As trade for your Chow, of course. Rouge is taken aback, but he insists he treats his Chow right, so long as they keep winning, of course. Rouge says that she wants to think it over. Clutch says, of course, the offer's open. And be sure to peruse the collection of gemstones on the way out. And as she starts to leave, Omega pipes up. Discrepancy detected. Cheese is not your property. How will you obtain him? With violence? I'm not giving up cheese. And of course, Clutch doesn't need to know that. So Omega, this is what I want you to do. As some time passes, she leaves the room and sees the guy in the parka we saw earlier. He thinks he's one of Clutch's muscle, but he takes his hood off, Rouge being surprised as who this is. And outside, Shadow oversees the park. No sign of the doctor's handiwork here, just frivolous games and amusement. Guess the rumor about a bot trader here was false. But then why are Rouge, Cream, and Amy here? Maybe I could... No, it's not my problem. But then, Shadow sees the parka guy... He's glowing yellow, jumping between the roofs, thinking there might actually be some to those rumors, and follows the guy. Don't bother running, you can't escape me, he says. 
but as this guy suddenly glows blue and dashes off, Shadow chases, only for the guy to glow red, grabs a wooden pole, and Shadow asks if this guy is working for Eggman or something, but he rips the wood off the ground and just whacks Shadow with it, and he's fallen off the roof. Yeah, you know. Typical. Although, you know what? I think this is a job for Shadow that, like, I can swallow. This is not as offensive as it could have been. Absolutely. It could have been way worse. But yeah, this is our setup. Um, We've got ourselves into a quite interesting situation here. So let's let's kind of move it forward. Issue 34. Again, Stanley wrote and did the art. The next morning, the White Park Chateau. Amy and Cream are having breakfast, but Cream's a little worried. You know, Rouge didn't come back last night, but Amy's like, eh, she can handle herself. Probably was up all night stealing jewels or something. Rouge sneaks up behind her, grabs a seat. The only treasure here are your smiling faces. Plus, everyone here is either wearing gold or rhinestones. So she takes a strawberry from Amy's parfait, and Amy asks, Are you setting a good example for the young, impressionable cream? Root says, Of course, that's not a good example. Cream, if you're going to loot a hotel, make sure the guests are loaded first. <laughs> but then Omo Chow makes the call for the races to begin. All racers to the track, Cheese and Cream rush. Amy and Rouge run behind, as Rouge is Cheese's official trainer. From behind, Shadow sees them running, but again says this is all useless pageantry. If I'm gonna find the one that beat me, it won't be with the rabble. Earlier, Shadow says the stranger that beat him could be the person behind these rumors. Thankfully for him, he's got a business card of clutch in his hand, hopes he can make use of what time he has left. I won't leave them much. Now, we have a fun little montage sequence of Cheese competing in the Chow Race. We see a matching game, climbing a foot race, as Shadow enters Clutch's apartment. He's sneaking around, wondering if this Clutch can lead him to Eggman, ultimately for his own sake. Looks under a tarp, sees something like a cage, and unfurls it, the sight of which actually disgusts him. Calls it utter scum. Now, fellas, what could be uh, behind that tarp, which could revolt even Shadow the Hedgehog? What what could that be, do you think? It's a great question. I, I have an answer, but I'll hold back on it. It's actually a very good answer, in my opinion. Yeah, it's actually very good. Omega hears his voice. Says Shadow, you were not part of Rouge's original plan. Has the password changed? To which Shadow is alerted by the sound of his voice. Hard cut. Final moment of the race, the final race of the day, the semifinals qualifier, and Omo Chow waves the flag. Cream calls for Cheese, be careful, as Clutch's Dark Chow tries to trip Cheese as he's running. But Cheese is about to get near the flying swimming portion. The Dark Chow tries to dive for Cheese as he's able to take off flying, but misses. Cheese flies over the water as the Dark Chow falls into the lake, and Cheese is able to clear the race first place massive w massive w massive w, w for cheese everyone everyone round of applause for cheese she's kind of going hard right now cream and amy are very proud of him rouge looks behind her to see clutch eyeing them leading rouge to offer to take cheese to get first aid you know that that nasty fall to the finish line and all that which cream thinks that's a good idea but general gets in between them i will not allow a deliberate breach of my directives amy thinks this is suspicious as well what are you up to? So then Rouge just decides to be honest. I need Cheese to get close to Clutch. He thinks I'm going to trade Cheese for Omega's parts, but I've got a plan to turn the tables on him. This gambit's too much for a bunch of do-gooders, so just let me... But Amy says, listen, do-gooders, schmoo-gooders. We can handle whatever you got. 
Plus, you're going to need someone to watch your back. And Rouge is actually impressed. Okay, at least this is going to be a little fun. <laughs> so they arrive to Clutch's apartment. He welcomes everyone, even if they are a bunch of Girl Scouts and a bucket of bolts of machine that he is. Quite frankly, it would be a shame that would be in my collection. Gemeral is about to get close to Clutch, but Rouge says, no, no, no. We need tact right now, not muscle. But Clutch calls the robot's enthusiasm admirable. But I prefer to do in a business in a relaxed setting. And I am no means defenseless. Would you like a demonstration? Ah, we're here for the trade, plain and simple. So Clutch says, show me the chow. And Rouge assures Cream, I got this under control. Clutch is very amused that the little girl is the chow's trainer. And you're willing to destroy their delicate bond? I knew I liked you, Rouge. You know, I always get what's mine. What? I said I always get what's mine. Cute code word doesn't seem to be a shadow boots this motherfucker to the head. Omega saying analysis complete. Shadow's plan is better than Rouge's. <laughs> <laughs> Clutch not clean out and Rouge is surprised to see Shadow helping, but he's not unwelcome. I didn't do it for you. By the way, check what's under that cloth. You might want to take care of it. Uh, where are you going? To find a real challenge. So... They go toward the tarp, Cream and Gemeral do, and they unfurl it, and they find a cage filled with Chow, including the Dark Chow Clutch entered the race with. Cream understands now. They all race so hard because if they lose, they get pushed into here. So look look at that, folks. Shadow does have a heart. Aw, look at him. Look at him. He's, he's, he's something. I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. Cream has determination through her teary eyes. Gemeral, we gotta get him out of here. Something Gemeral agrees with, but it's not going to be easy. Rouge decides to call Tails to determine what exact parts we need for Omega, and Amy gives her the thumbs up. This was a good plan. You didn't even know it was supposed to happen. Yeah, but it worked. That's what matters. I'll keep my eyes on the sleepy creepy. We'll wrap this up in no time, as we move to see Sonic. So it all comes down to this. Mano y mano, you and me, two enter, one may leave. Prepare to meet your maker, oven mitts, he says to the broken Knuckles doll. Straight jab and it crumbles to Sonic's is clearly uncomfortable at the sight of that. <laughs> so, Tails nearly got that whole super hacker thing wrapped up, yeah? Tails lets him know that the adaptive firewall is tricky, so you're saying the eggnet is hard to crack. I said the eggnet is hard to crack. You know, because eggs and cracking and uh, never mind uh this is official this is the least fun trip to a secret eggman base i've ever been on has sonic then kicks a stray bolt which knocks off a sonic doll then a machine and finally into a pile of rubble as a scream is heard and something comes out of the rubble a puppet well not a puppet necessarily but a wooden doll puppet I don't know. A what living marionette, let's call it. Yeah, that's a good way to phrase it. So she says, ah, sawdust. So upon the side of it, Sonic thinks that this is a bad neck and won't listen for Tails to wait before Sonic goes for the attack. Nice trying to sneak up on us. You're a new bad neck, huh? So what does Eggman call you? Puppetron? Marionette? No, Vent? Killacrist. Th these are horrible names, holy fuck. Sonic swings, Puppet dodges, and keeps dodging his attacks. And Tails calls to say, Sonic, I don't think that's a bad Nick. Then Sonic accidentally steps on her tail, and she begs him don't pull on it, and inadvertently kicks him in the face. She's very apologetic about it, she can't control that, but Sonic's like, oh ho ho, 
Now things are getting interesting. But she says, no, 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 I can't fight. That was just a reflex. I'm not a bad Nick. Please don't use your Buzz Hot Sarah on me. And Tails gets in between her and Sonic and he calms down. And Sonic's like, hey, look, I can get a little squirrely when I'm cooped up for a while. So Tails apologizes for Sonic. When we run into robots that usually work for Eggman, you know, this is kind of how things go. I'm Tails, by the way. And she introduces herself as Belle. Alright, say hi to Belle. Belle is now a very important integral character to this comic. I like Belle. She's pretty great. She's very interesting. As we go later on, I kind of ended up developing a interesting theory on her that is arguably confirmed by now. But uh, let's wait and see because we have some things to talk about as uh, exactly what she is. Because she does not look like a standard conventional Eggman robot. Let's put it like that. Hale's remarks... Your construction is remarkable. I've never seen a wooden robot before. Asking, who did the work? That's private. Sonic saying, let me guess, mustache, bald, big on theme parks. Fell then responding, my creator is missing and I'm looking for them. They're not Dr. Eggman. Okay, they're not Eggman. Let's roll with it. Mm-hmm, yep, totally. Then Tails says, see, Sonic, you don't have to fight off every robot. <laughs> Fine. And then we see the Eggnet computer is detecting Tails' access. Then the alarm blares. Tails is like, shit, I forgot about the firewall. He insists he can get back in, but Bell calls their attention to small badniks crawling out of the vents. So Sonic says that these badniks tend to explode when they get a hold of you, but they're not really smart. You can't outmaneuver them. Tails thinks Sonic can clear the way with a spin dash. Tails can cover him while he charges up, but a grabber badnik is about to capture Tails, leaving Bell to push him out of the way leaving herself to be captured. Not for long as Tails is able to destroy it and freeze herself. She's okay, but the three are still surrounded. Sonic telling her, I hope you can put your weird skills to the test because we're going to need all the help we can get right now. That's the end of 34. All right, we got some stuff going on here. I think we should just move right into 35. Issue 35, Stanley is the writer, and Adam Bryce Thomas is doing the art this time. Sonic, Tails, and Bell are cornered, and they just keep coming, the badniks do. Who knows how many are packed in the walls? But they're not the toughest of bots, Sonic says, but we can't hold like this forever. So Tails thinks we gotta use our skills against them, making them explode on the door. Sonic picks Bell up. Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. Jumps up and off the badniks and starts the run. Everyone good? Okay, great. Follow me. He screams as he dashes out at full speed. Last one out's a rotten egg, man. But inadvertently, poor Tails gets caught by a badnik. So Belle becomes determined to save him. Readies, running, and pulls her tail herself to force her legs to leap and tackles Tails out of the badnik. Sonic comes running back, very impressed to see Belle's determination. Grabs the both of them. I'm all secret based out for today and runs out of the base. And now we see the entrance. Sonic, Tails, and Bell pushing up from the ground door and landing right in the snow. And Sonic just laughing from all the adrenaline. Ah, that's a fun day. <laughs> Bell's like, no, no, no. That was horrifying. Tails is like, nah, this is normal for us. I guess they had poor signal in there because they just get a message from Rouge saying they ran into trouble. Come to White Park ASAP. I'll fill you in when you guys get here. I'll send you the coordinates. Take Sonic to the White Park Chateau to help Amy and the others. Rouge out. Well, who knows what that's about, but it sounds serious. Tails says to get going. And Sonic intends to leave Belle behind, but she asks for a ride. Tails thinks maybe we should help her, considering, you know, she saved my life twice now. Plus, Belle adds the place she was hiding in is crawling with badniks. Look, I promise I'm not looking for trouble. I, I don't have anywhere else to go. So Sonic begrudgingly takes her along. Pick a wing and hang tight. Wait, what do you mean a wing? As we then see the tornado in flight, Belle hanging on to the wing for dear life. 
Nice! <laughs> Eventually, they reach the chateau. Belle saying she might not like flying after all, but hey, you didn't fall off. Sonic says, a couple more flights, you'll get the hang of it. Amy finds them, hugging Sonic, saying that she knew he would come. You knew I would? Well, no, but I'm still happy you're here. They were answering Rouge's call, something about an emergency. You wouldn't know about that, would you? Well, it's not an emergency, but it's still weird. Follow me to the penthouse. Maybe you can bust open the... And Belle uh, calls attention to herself. I don't want to get left behind. Sonic introduces her. Belle, she's here to help. So Amy's like, all right, sure, we can use all the extra hands we can get. So they take everyone to the penthouse. They're wading through all the junk inside and come into the cage. Cream comes to him telling him about the chow locked behind there. We can't break it without hurting the chow inside, and it's got a lot of locks. Belle says, well, if it's got to do with locks, I can help. And she opens her left hand, and the digits pop off to reveal a bunch of different tools. If there's something that could use a little tinkering, I'm your girl. Tinkering, a very interesting choice of words there. Yeah, tinkering, huh? Hmm, strange. Sonic rolls with it. Cream and Belle introduce themselves to each other. They pass the passed out clutch who Cream just calls a big meanie and just carry on. <laughs> then Amy asks Sonic, hey, look, I'm a little worried. I don't want to worry Cream about this, but I got a bad feeling towards Rouge and Tails. If Rouge changed the plan, she could have told me. We got to find them. Sonic agrees. We'll go sweep White Park. He'll find them. Sonic runs off. Cream asks where Sonic went, and he says he's going to find Tails. Gemeral finds the situation really tenuous. We really don't have time for it. Until they hear Clutch awaken laughing. Surprised that he's up. General confirming he was unconscious second ago. He says, what? You never heard of playing possum before? All right, uh, like a little, little clever, little clever. Amy pulls out her hammer, demanding he come out to fight fair, to which he fires a gun towards her hammer, which loosens her grip. Turn about his fair play, missy. You want to know why I leave my door unlocked? Because the folks who know why are not foolish enough to cross me. And those that don't, don't make it out alive. Pleasure doing business with ya. He escapes out the window and activates one of the machines in his collection. A large polar bear badnik coming face to face with a panicked Amy. Still keeping in, this is a badnik from Sonic 4 Episode 2 from this very same zone. Amy wants Gemeral to fight this badnik with her, but with Cream screaming... She sees her and Belle surrounded by badniks coming online and surrounding them. So Amy tells him, okay, you help Cream, I'll do this myself. Dodges a swipe from it and then goes in to swing on it herself, but her hammer only leaves a small dent in the armor and has to run away from it. Loki wishing Sonic were here to help, but she slaps his face. Gotta handle this myself. Don't let this jerk push you around. Pulling her hammer back out. I know the restoration was tougher than anything you throw at me and beating up bots like you was my specialty. So, you might as well give it up now, as she whacks a table to the badnik's face, and it's feeling the hit, and that leaves Amy to get in a little closer. Very happy with this Amy character development, this little bit of it. Yeah, you know, always always good to see her not need Sonic and just sort of do her own thing. Nearby, Tails is tied up. Oh, my head's spinning. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, Tails is in a fucking roller coaster and next to him is rouge hey i landed the tornado where you said and you attacked me what i didn't not of my own free will what do you mean i was duped sweetie cornered interrogated and if you could believe it hypnotized hypnotized i wouldn't buy it either if it had hadn't happened to me but why beats me but i think i know who now now don't go giving away the surprise so soon as uh 
the assailant steps up from the uh, cart saying, I'm glad you enjoyed my little mind trick. A shame it won't last. I could have done it better with a bit more time, but it was plenty for a touch of subliminal suggestion. I look forward to more sessions with you, Rouge. You really were an exceptional sleeper agent. As soon as the coaster reaches the edge of the park, we'll hop off and make our exit, and we'll all have plenty of time to talk when you're sitting comfortably in my test chambers. Ah, we see Sonic around the roller coaster tracks, looking for Tails and Rouge on top of flagpole, and finds the cars where they're trapped on. So, bingo, and runs for it. Sonic boosts towards the cars. This guy uh, sees him and notes it's near time for the big scene, leading Sonic to see a shadow moving in the distance and gets distracted, crashes into the car, and ends up tripping off the track, and ends up being caught by Shadow himself. You couldn't dodge that? You really are an embarrassment. Hey, Shadow, nice to see you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this line does kind of give me the same vibe uh, in Boom, where it's like, this shoddy craftsmanship brings shame upon all hedgehog kind. The one good line from Shadow from that show, I'll give him that. True. It made me laugh. That's all I can ask for. <laughs> hey, hey, sometimes that's all it needs to do. Shadow puts him down and the two run together to catch the roller coaster. Shadow's only here because he got the wrong guy before. Not this time. So they catch up to the cars, saying it's quite rude to throw roller coaster cars at people. What's the deal? Tails tries to warn them who this is. The guy tells the sidekick, pipe down. I'll handle the dramatic reveal. And he takes down his hood, revealing himself, Dr. Starline. What a shocker. Wow, what a shocker. It's not like we all could have predicted this, but you know, hey. Sonic asks, hey, Scuzzball, where have you been all this time? None of your business, Hedgehog. I'm afraid I'm too busy to fight today. Places to go, people to kidnap, you know how it is. Sonic figures he can take the beat down extra quick then, but Sonic says, uh, 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 I've prepared a surprise for you. Three, two, one. Boom. The mountain far off, an explosion is heard, and an avalanche has been triggered and falling towards the chateau. Starling then asks, oh, Sonic, what will it be? Save your two friends or save the hundreds of innocents waiting in the chateau? Damn. Damn. Okay. Okay. I'll commend him. That's, that's, that's a pretty good ultimatum. Hey, it's something. It's better than nothing. But all right. All right, Starline. So we'll end our episode off. Sonic issue 36, our final issue today. Writing and art done by Evan Stanley. So Sonic opens saying, dude, what the heck? You saw off an entire avalanche for a distraction? I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I couldn't resist. The heroes forced to choose between the masses or the ones they hold dear. It's classic. You decide. A couple hundred tons of snow falling on those innocent heads or tails. <laughs> so Shadow's just like, nope, nah, I had enough, and boosts to catch the cars. But Sonic says, hey, we're both fast enough to maybe stop the avalanche, but Shadow says, I'm not interested. Oh, come on! Same, buddy. Same. Tails tells Sonic, we'll be fine, go help the people. Sonic mutters, okay, you guys better be, and turns around to boost toward the chateau. So Shadow's climbing over the cars, passing Tails and Roosh to go directly to Starline, to his amusement. I beat you once, and I can do it again. You didn't beat me. You only sealed your fate. To which Tails is a little stunned that he ignored them. But Rouge is just like, okay, I've, I've had enough of this shit. Cuts her rope. Tells Tails, follow my lead and be ready to move. And Tails <laughs> is able to struggle free from his rope. Throws Omega's head towards Starline. Shouting, activate code word, get what's mine. To which he executes an auditory attack. A very loud screeching alarm. This unit is never unarmed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, this is enough to surprise the ever-living shit out of Starline as he falls out of the roller coaster. Shadow is not pleased with this as uh, Starline activates the tricore to switch to flight. Slowly drifts down towards another rail. Shadow's a little pissed that he's escaping, but Roost tells him, relax. I want to pound his smug face in too, but we got work to do. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not. It's your choice. And you're the one that has to live with it. Okay, Rouge, you're kind of smacking him around as as deserved. Okay, I, yeah, thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. Okay, okay, okay. Get leading this moron on the right path. We we love to see it. I'm not going to stop you from getting what I want. Come on, Fox Boy. Meanwhile, Amy is still holding her own against the polar bear bot, at least keeping it back. Gemeral is holding position from the Badniks, but he is overexerting himself. Cream asks to retreat, but Gemeral insists he will stay and protect her no matter the cost. Belle has one lock left to take off, but it's giving her issues. Give me just another minute. So Cream asks with all the chow inside, you know, even though fighting is scary, please help out if you can, please. The dark chow looks behind to all the other chow and they agree and ends up shaking Cheese's hand or or paw or nub. What is that? A nub? I'm calling it a nub. Little, little tiny, little tiny nub, yeah. Gemeral is leg swept by a motobug and tripped over. Amy's panicked over Gemeral, but is distracted and takes a hit from the badnik. Belle is able to release the last lock. Cream opens the cage and leads the charge for all the chow to help fight the badniks. Cream uh, checks on Gemeral, insisting he has to protect her, but she helps him up, saying, You're doing just that. You don't have to be perfect. I'm here to help. We can protect each other. Which General very much appreciates. Adorable. We love we love Cream. We lo- we love her. She's 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 just great, man. She and General rush the polar bear to help Amy, and General is able to take out its processing core, which Amy thinks it could be its head. So she jumps, bashes its head in, and breaks it. Threat has been neutralized. General confirms, and Amy, a little winded, has not done cardio that much in uh, quite a while. Which then. Rouge and Tails crash through the ceiling. Tell them, grab the E-100 parts and go. People are in danger. Then quickly, Sonic reaches the mountain outside, wondering how he's supposed to stop something I usually run from. To which Shadow comes in from behind. Didn't know stopping an avalanche involves so much hand washing. Oh, Shadow, you did decide to show up. But she says, no, I am merely paying my debt from Sunset City. Yeah, 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 okay. Look, follow my lead. So the two buzz cut pine trees down the path to hopefully damn the avalanche to stop it. And it is able to break it a little bit, but it piles up and the force breaks through the trees and breaks the dam apart to their shock. Inside the chateau, Tails is leading everyone down in a rush and almost how stops them from running in the lobby. But Tails tells them an avalanche is on the way and they need to evacuate. But almost how asserts them, hey, we have warning systems in place in the event of emergency, we can. Then Amy decides to pull out her hammer. You make the evac call, or I'll be making new exits with this. Capiche? Damn, she's having a moment. But Omo Chow just goes into the lobby. Everyone, there is an immediate threat. Please proceed to your designated safe zone. Rouge lifts Omega's head up. Hey, my man, give us a little encouragement. Acknowledge. Raising volume. Run, pitiful tourist creatures, or face certain destruction. My man. Yeah, we should get going, too. <laughs> Starline then appears, saying that I am having a very long day, so I'll keep this simple. All I really need is young Master Prower there. Hand him over and you can go. Deal. Uh, Amy says, you know, dream on, jerk. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and Belle is just like, hey, yo, who's this motherfucker? <laughs> and tells like, ah, this guy's just an Eggman wannabe. Don't worry about him. But he uses the power core to make himself more durable. Doesn't look like a wannabe to her. Rouge and Amy just keep wailing on him. Rouge says her being unable to stop hitting him must be a side effect from the hypnosis. But Starlin's like, okay, enough. 
and he turns on the speed core and grabs Tails by the tail. It's time to go, kid. Tails decides to go for last resort. Yanks on Belle's tail, and she donkey kicks Starline right on the beak. And then he's like, oh, come on, what even was that? What, what's, that what's that sound? As the avalanche is coming right towards Starline's face. Ah, right. Everyone gets out. Basically, Starline is frozen, and uh, he gets buried alive in snow as it crashes through the window. We see a large balcony of the chateau as the avalanche is piling through. But Omochao says, not to worry, folks. The building was made to withstand this, as everyone freaks out that they could have been buried. Unbelievable. Do you think we'll get some kind of refund? Classic Karens, man. <laughs> so Roosh puts Omega down. He demands to be lifted, but she can't find Sonic or Shadow anywhere. But Amy's like, no, no, no. You're doing it wrong. So she jumps down into the stop snow saying, listen, if you want to find a hedgehog, you got to keep your ears to the ground. So she puts her head down. Ruth is like, girl, all you're going to get is a cold ear doing that. But he's like, cha, cha, cha. she's hearing a faint rumble and says, ah, got him. Right over there, Sonic and Shadow have burrowed their way through the snow and they reach the balcony safe and sound. Actually, a neat trick like that. <laughs> Everyone's checking in. We got all the guests out in time, Amy does. And Shadow says, ultimately, this was a waste of my time. Baruch says, no, no, Starline was hit by it. That help at all? <laughs> can't even give a yes, you little fuck. You can't even... <laughs> no, no, never, never, no yes. Sonic sees that the puppet girl ended up sticking around. Tails and Cream telling him, yeah, she actually got the last hit on Starline and helped save Clutch's Chow from their cage. Not a bad effort. And Sonic basically goes, uh, hey, uh, I'm sorry for how I treated you before. Thanks for the help. Speaking of help, Tails offers her, come back with me. I could use an extra hand at the workshop, which she very happily accepts. And now, the next day, we see Tails' workshop... Outside, Cream is spending time with all the chow they freed. It's it's very cute. They're all, like, playing on the swings and stuff. I love it. Inside, Tails is putting the finishing touches, and now Omega's body completely rebuilt, and even offers to test drive himself by wanting to spar with Gemral. Suggestion accepted, though I cannot guarantee Gemral's well-being after completing the test. To which Gemral says, while I am designated to be a learning robot, I am also capable of teaching you a lesson. That line kind of goes a little hard, not gonna lie. Uh, it, 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 this motherfucker does not care. <laughs> so Vanilla arrives to pick up Cream, asks how the trip was, to then uh, Cream uh, very quickly recounts the whole story about the Chow, Dr. Starline, and the avalanche he caused, which Vanilla turns to Amy, says that sounds very, very exciting. Exciting? But safe. Besides, it was all Rouge's idea to... They look over. The Rouge's outline is, uh, gone away. She's gone. And Amy just screams. So outside, Sonic is talking. It looks like he's just talking to himself, but what he's saying is, hey, things were touch and go for a second, and things didn't really go right fully, but that's not really what matters. I'm just glad you came to help, Shadow. And Shadow himself, seen behind a tree with an apple... And he nonchalantly throws it to the dark child that was following Sonic and feeds them. Don't overthink it, Hedgehog. Yeah, sure, dude. It's a little, it's a little glimmer. Okay. Okay, so Belle is helping out Tails as she recounts that she loves fixing things, solving problems. You know, she's missed this. Uh-huh. There's something I can't figure out. This whole time you've been reading these blueprints like it was nothing. The whole reason Sonic and I were in the base was because I needed a cipher so I could decode these files. The only person in the world who is supposed to be able to read this is Dr. Eggman. Or maybe something he created like Orbot. I'm not mad, I just wish you'd been honest with me. To which Belle reiterates, 
reiterates, he didn't create me. Then who did? Silence. Okay. Pinning that. All I'll say is for now, she is technically correct in saying Dr. Eggman did not build her. Yes. Technically. Far away. Ugh, what a disaster. Would it hurt them to go along with the plan for once? It's gonna take weeks to get my bill back to normal. They completely ruined my perm. <laughs> Although I suppose it's not all for naught. Uh, I need to put this out. Uh, Starline is the motherfucker who unironically has a live, laugh, love uh, mug. Of course. He, he is a bit of a Karen, so not a surprise. Not, not a surprise. The complete specimen would have been ideal, but I still got what I need. Yes, this should do nicely. A tuft of Tails' hair is seen in the test tube as we end our comic. What is Starline cooking? Uh, nothing good, that's for sure, but yeah. That's the end of issue 36. That's the end of all of our comics today. So want to say this out front, Evan Stanley, excellent start. An excellent start to her tenure as head writer. Yeah, I really like this set of four comics. There's some cute stuff going on here. Oh, the chow races, but uh, you know, some more Starline stuff and the Sonic and Tails plot line. You know, everything. I like that all the plot lines intersect and sort of feed into each other. Even Shadow kind of gets thrown into the mix there. You know, it's really, really good. I really enjoyed these comics. And Belle? Belle's interesting. Oh, she is super interesting. I can't wait to really dig into this character. And you know what? My sleeper hit, I'm going to say it, folks. It was Shadow. He, he was willing to listen and play along, even if it's a little teeny tiny bit. Listen, I'm still asking for fucking crumbs. <laughs> listen, we'll, we'll get it eventually. We promise. All smiles. All smiles on the horizon. But yeah, another fun episode. Bad guys, as I said before. Pretty good setup for this larger arc. I, I still do reiterate, not one of my more favorite miniseries as far as standalone readability goes. I think uh, Tangle and Whisper takes that in my personal opinion. Agreed. Or, you know, another one that we can get into uh, near. near <laughs> catch up. That I think is actually my favorite. But Oh, oh yes, it's peak. <laughs> yes, it's peak. Anyway, and as for the main stuff, a little low stakes adventure is definitely what was needed after the Metal Virus Saga. 100%. Yeah, it was uh, really, really, really good. Uh, I really enjoyed this, uh, this set of comics. I had a great time. And of course, like I said at the top of the show, Ian Flynn and Evan Stanley are collaborating with the larger story. And Hopefully you guys noticed that you could see it play out here. Here we had Ian writing the Bad Guys miniseries, basically creating the setup for him having the Tricor and trying to collect all these plans in motion. And on Evan Stanley's side, we see Starline utilize basically everything he's collected by the time chronologically uh, it ended by that point in the story. Because if I remember correctly, uh, these issues, bad guys and these set of issues were being released simultaneously. Once, If you were reading them as you were getting them, there was a point where it did feel like a little disconnected. But when you read it in the proper chronological order, it all clicks together. And when you ask for two collaborators, that's all you can ask for is for everything to click together. And it went it masterfully. Yeah, it was really, really good. It feeds into itself perfectly. That's all I have to say. Another fantastic episode of the IDW Sonic Rundown. Thanks again so much, guys, for listening. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the video. If you're listening on Spotify, subscribe to there too, why don't you? Patreon.com slash SonicSpeed. Early episodes, $2 a month, and a lot more if you're interested. Absolutely. And we will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.
It's got in such names I'll tell you that if that is Dr. Eggman With his evil divider and evil plans Eggman wants to conquer the world But the hedgehog won't let that go Whenever Sonic's anger explodes His enemies will meet the fury of his aggression And that will change anyone's perceptions about him Superhero, but she's his self-proclaimed girlfriend He cannot escape her But he will always save her Whenever something is up Some kind of danger And the story goes on It's always super fun